Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. there. This is Birth of Family Church, and this is School of the Bible, and we've been discussing uh, prayer room counseling. Good to have you with us. Let's all get our Bibles out. You should have your notes. Should go all the way to page page 10. Is that what you got, Sharon? Yeah. So we got 10 pages so far, and we're going to get into it tonight. Hallelujah. Are you hungry for the Word? I said, are you hungry for the Word? You know, one of the motivations that we need to have for being a student of the Word is to help others. And I put this down on uh, our website in terms of tonight's message, is each one of us need to be prepared to minister to people around us. You may be the only Bible that someone will read in their lifetime. And so we need to be equipped to help others around us. It's not just about us. Did you hear that? It's, it's not just about us. It's uh, being able to help others around us. Let's, let's believe God and trust him for uh, ability given by the Holy Spirit for us to see with our spirits and to be able to retain what's being uh, spoken to us from the word of God and then also to be a good steward of that information and that revelation that we receive. Father, thank you tonight that we have here this opportunity to, to sit at your feet under the sound of your voice. Lord, we thank you that you speak to us in this dispensation through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the Word. And so when we hear the Word of God, we, it's as if he is in our very presence, conveying to us and imparting unto us revelation knowledge. We just declare that we have eyes to see with the help of the Holy Spirit. We say that the eyes of our spirit are enlightened so that we may know. We claim it. We got it. We're thankful. Everybody said, hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, just to get everybody on the same page tonight, this is our third installment of uh, ministering on prayer room counseling. And again, what we're doing is we're receiving training from the Word of God as to how to help someone who responds to an altar call. And there are multiple areas that we're going to be schooled in through the word. Number one, how to lead someone to the Lord, someone who responds to salvation in the altar call, one who needs an assurance of their salvation, one who is away from God and needs to refresh their commitment to the Lord. We call that many times rededication. Also to minister healing to an individual's body through the laying on of hands. And then also to fill someone with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And so those are the five different areas that we're getting equipped. But we've begun talking about us as a counselor. We've been talking about areas that we need to develop ourselves as 
a counselor. We talked about the role of the prayer room counselor. Then we began talking about five areas of our individual life as a counselor to develop confidence and effectiveness in ministering to those. And so first was personal study. Then we talked about personal prayer. Number three, we talked about the ability to be sensitive and, and to follow the Holy Spirit in ministering to a candidate. How many of you know that every candidate is going to be different? Completely different. And so we need to be led by the Spirit as to how to minister to that individual and in what areas. Number four, we're going to get in the, into that tonight, and that's a boldness to step out in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's one thing to be born of the Spirit. It's another thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's another thing to be full of, to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. But then again, we have to have a, a boldness to follow the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we have to step out beyond our intellect and what may be comfortable to our personality. By nature, uh, my personality is shy and, and inward. And so I really have to get out of my comfort zone just to stand up here before you tonight. That, you know, that's just not comfortable to my humanity. But, but we have to have a boldness to do what the Lord is instructing us to do. So understand that boldness comes by praying for it, believing for it, using our faith to receive it. Go over to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. You should be at the top of page 6 in your notes. And uh, we left off, obviously, at the end of page 5 last time. It seems like it's been several weeks with the women's advance in between there. And so, top of page 6, boldness comes by praying for it, Ephesians 6, 18. It tells us to pray always. And that, that, that doesn't mean that we're praying always. <laughs> but it, it does mean, because no individual could pray always. Uh, there is, we do have to take some time to sleep. We have to take time to eat. We have to take time to do all sorts of things. But it means to be in an attitude or a sensitivity with God all day long. Communion. Communion. Prayer is communion with God. It's fellowship with God. And so we need to be in that mindset all day long. And he says that we're to pray with the different types, kinds of prayer. That's what all prayer is. And supplication in the spirit, or could we say from our spirit. And watching thereinto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You can't do that without the help of the Holy Spirit. How do you pray for someone you don't know? With the help of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Verse 19. And then this is Paul speaking, and he says, he's talking about praying for all saints, and then he says, and pray for me. And for me. So here is the Apostle Paul, and he's being used of God to write over half of the New Testament. And he's the one that got the revelation to uh, that God's uh, grace was being extended to the Gentiles. And he raised up multiple churches, being an apostle. And he's asking for prayer. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure that we, we really grasp that. 
usually those people that we esteem in ministry or we esteem as an individual Christian, we don't think they need prayer. But really, that's the opposite. You know, the, 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 more, we, the more the Lord uses us, the more knowledge that we possess that we can share with others, the more of a target we become for the enemy. And the Apostle Paul experienced all sorts of challenges, controversies in his ministry. Getting bit by a snake. I think he was out in a ship with a, 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 a ship that sunk three times. You just see him through the night floating on, you know, cargo from, from the ship. Um, he was uh, beaten to death. I mean, just multiple times. He says that everywhere I go, there's, there's some kind of a spirit working through an individual that's hindering me. He, he described it as a thorn in the flesh. Yeah. And so because God was using him mightily, understand that he needed prayer. And so he's asking, this is what he's asking for specifically. He says, I want you to pray that utterance would be given unto me. Now, utterance, don't look at it from the natural standpoint. Utterance is speaking from your spirit, meaning that God is flowing through an individual, and that individual is f forming words from the Holy Spirit and the, and the Word of God, and he's, the, the, the Lord is giving him utterance to represent God. One thing that I'm becoming more and more mindful as a minister is that I can't impact anyone's life directly. As a human being, I can't put life into a person's spirit. I can't, as a human being, I can't get someone saved. We are completely dependent upon God as ministers and we're all ministers of the gospel Amen. and so we become mindful that we have to let the Lord speak through us and then when he's speaking through us that 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 life that's in his word and in his essence begins to be transferred to someone else if they'll receive it through believing Amen. see I can't do that as a human being and that's why Paul said that I didn't come and speak the words of my, my intellect. I didn't come to give you enticing words of man's wisdom. Because man's wisdom can't impart spiritual life. It has a, it's a substitute for spiritual life. It's, it's intellectual stimulation. That's not going to help anybody. It's got to get down into the spirit of man. He says, but my preaching was in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he's asking that utterance, that he would be able to speak by the Holy Spirit, that he would be, as we call, a vessel or a conduit where God would be using him to flow out and reach other people. So he's saying, give me boldness or utterance that I may open my mouth boldly. That means that he's going to be saying things in a way that is presented with authority. Remember what they, they, they said about the disciples? They, they said, it seems like these, these guys, these disciples, these, 
you know, fishermen and these, you know, blue-collar guys, you know, that are really under us because we're intellectual. These were the religious leaders of the day. They said, we can tell that these guys have been with Jesus because they speak with authority. And that speaking by the Holy Spirit in what you're saying is truth and it has an authority that comes with it. And so he says, he's asking for prayer that he would have utterance. He's asking for prayer that he would open his mouth boldly for what purpose? To make known the mystery of the gospel. Understand that those that are lost, the gospel is still a mystery to them. They don't understand it. They can't interpret its meaning. They may know what the gospel is. They may even be able to vocalize it. But it's a mystery. It's an enigma to them. And so he's saying with, with utterance and with boldness, I can cause that mystery to be revealed to them. Yeah. And only the Holy Spirit can do I can't do that for somebody. I really can't. And nor can any other human being. Only God can do those kinds of things. And so that's why he's asking for both boldness and utterance. Understand that boldness comes from having a confidence in who you are in Christ according to the Word of God and knowing what God has promised to do through you. Now understand this, that as prayer room counselors, we're representing somebody. I'm not representing myself and and you won't be re representing yourself as well. You're representing the Lord. Amen. And we have their best interest in mind in terms of those that we're ministering to. And so that's why this relationship with God in becoming more and more yielded, allowing, allowing him to speak through us is so vital and important. Yes. It's not what we know it's saying what he knows. And he'll speak to different people in different ways. And that's why we have to follow the Holy Spirit. So we have to have a boldness to step out in that leading. And we can get that boldness for asking for it. And we can, we can have a confidence by being just simply a good student because we're told to study so that we'd be a workman a minister that wouldn't be ashamed that we wouldn't come short in being able to, to allow God to help people through us amen so that was number four let's go to number five this is the last area before we shift gears and we just might get to the next area tonight we'll see and number five in the middle of your page there on page six is faithful follow-up. Now, we talked about this last time that no person would give birth to a baby and then leave the hospital and leave the baby on the sidewalk in front of the hospital. 
We know that a baby needs to be cared for. A baby needs to be nurtured. And so is it here in the nursery at Birthed Family Church. When people are birthed in this place or through this place and they come to know Jesus Christ, they are in truth and in reality a spiritual baby. They could be 90 years old chronologically. Their humanity could be that old. But that day, they are one day old when they are born again. They become a new creature. And so a baby, especially a spiritual baby, needs to be cared for. And follow-up is really a good way to do that. And so I put this statement down that follow-up could be, if it's not the most important, it's way up there on the scale. It could be the most important ministry this candidate needs in becoming an overcoming Christian. And so when it comes to the new birth, they, their canvas, spiritually speaking, is, is clear and clean, but they've got all this misinformation in their mind. And that's why you have to minister differently to every person uh, that you come across because of their religious background, uh, how they were brought up, the environment that they grew up, how much trauma and loss they've experienced in life. Many of them could be wounded or broken. Uh, They may come with addictions. They may come with all sorts of burdens and loads in their life that we have to be perceptive of and begin to minister to them in a way that they can get the Word of God down in their heart and help them to begin becoming uh, victorious. You know the story of Jesus. He spoke to that tomb where his friend was all wrapped up in burial clothes, and he spoke, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that Lazarus hopped out of that tomb. Now, only Jesus can resurrect the dead. But then Jesus commanded his disciples, you go now that he's resurrected and loose him and let him go. And so it's the job of Jesus Christ to recreate the spirit of man, but it's up to us, the church, to take the grave clothes off of that new baby. There's a lot of encumbrances. There's a lot of areas that they have to learn how to work through so they can be, begin getting the image of themselves in Christ and lay aside all those things they received in this life, all those things that contradict who they now are in Christ. And follow-up is one of those areas that we can begin to do that. So let's look at several areas here for uh, follow-up areas, vital areas of support. Number one, that when we begin to follow-up, we, we hold them accountable. Not a word that we like to use in today's culture. Uh, accountability is, is like a partner to aid in support and to get them over some rough areas of transition. I mean, the transition of being in the world and being in Christ is huge. There's a huge gap in between that. And you've got to begin to help these guys negotiate 
of laying down some things over here and picking up things in this new life that they have in Christ. And so accountability is one area that we can do that. Just calling them and saying, you know, <laughs> how you doing? You know, find out what, what, what are some of their challenges. And those challenges are going to be great. We, we just recently talked to somebody that said that when they receive the Lord, it's almost like they've been excommunicated uh, by their family. Because one parent was, a, was, was, you know, of this religion. The other parent was of another religion. And they both didn't like her new religion. And so there was a lot of pressure for that person to give up her walk in Christ. Well, you know, my... <laughs> My wife and I had the same thing going on when we got saved. Amen. They thought, our family thought that we had lost our mind. <laughs> what do you mean you got baptized in a lake? <laughs> what, what, what? Are you crazy? What do you mean you're going to church twice a week? What, don't you have other things you got to do? What do you mean you read your Bible? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? what are you in a cult? They actually thought, one of our relatives actually thought that we were in a cult. And probably sometime in the future we start drinking Kool-Aid. It was just, it was just, they, 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 they thought that we had lost our mind. And even though they were sincere, because they, they had us in mind. They were sincere in what they felt and what they thought was going on. But it was trying to pull us away from what we had just embraced. And so if we hadn't developed a relationship with the church right away, and this is where a lot of these new converts, these new births, what happens to them? Because the enemy is going to use whoever he can to separate them from walking out what God has for that person. The devil doesn't need another person who's walking in victory and shrinking his kingdom and so he's going to come immediately and so follow-up is lending a hand to that one to them whom they might look it may look to them that they're standing alone now yeah yeah and everybody's against them i mean i was just thinking about my life and how it changed so drastically and and even my friends was like you know but that's all part of the enemy enemy plan to get us to to stop following our path that god has for us so accountability and being there to uh be a support to these babies and to these, these that rededicate their life to the Lord and those that have received healing or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is they, they need to know they have someone on their side that, that's, that's saying, yeah, this, you're okay, this is good, that's going to happen. And so look over here in 1 John 2, 5, you got it there in front of you. It says that whoso keepeth his word. And so... What we're doing as a, with the follow-up is we're giving them strength to keep the word that they received. 
remember the soil that the word of god is sown in is our spirit it is our heart heart is this is the soil the enemy's trying to come to get us to kick that seed of the word out of the soil of our heart and he'll do it through persecution he'll do it in all sorts of ways to put pressure on the individual to take the word out of their heart the, the devil can't steal it but he'll trick us into kicking it out of the soil ourselves and so we're, we're endeavoring in our follow-up to let them stay with that word to to keep that word to walk in the light of that word because in him the one who keeps the word verily is the love of God perfected or matured meaning that that relationship with God the Father through the Lord is perfected and developed and hereby know we that we are in him so when we keep his word we're on this path to getting the the uh, the confidence and the the reality that we're now in Christ can you remember that period of time when you received Jesus to the time where you were confident that you were a child of God and that he was in your heart and you were on your way to heaven it's different for every person for me it was several months I thought that if I'd make a mistake if I sinned if I cussed if I if I did this or do that I thought that boy I was gone and a lot of people's experience there's a there's a there's a large degree of emotion attached to it now I remember the day after I received Jesus as my Savior and I went outside that morning all of a sudden the sky looked bluer the pine trees look greener the birds sound chirpier you know I thought I was in a Walt Disney movie you know and, and I'm going wow because I was still I was still on this emotional high that I got delivered from hell but it took about two weeks for the color of the sky to return to the its normal color and the trees and now the birds were irritating shut up <laughs> and when that emotion of our salvation wanes there's this thought that we've lost it or we never really did get it now remember we're dealing with babies we're, 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 you guys are going to be dealing with babies and so they need that confidence to, to keep that word to hang on to it and begin to get them to navigate help them to navigate between their emotions and their feelings and their intellect and what God says so keeping the word keeping them accountable to the word reveals who they've become who they now are in truth in Christ and it also reveals God's love for them now understand also that we're going to rub shoulders with those that have had a pretty rough life 
in abusive relationships, maybe a life of, of drugs or alcohol, maybe broken homes, maybe no home at all, maybe recently divorced. See, a lot of people come to Christ when they're reaching out to God. And they're perfect now on the inside, but they still have all the baggage they brought with them, the grave clothes, as Jesus called them. And so you revealing God's love for them, accepting them the way that they are, you may be the first person that they feel secure with. That you're not, you know, just wanting a relationship with them because you have an agenda. But that you truly have them in mind. Amen. You may be the very first person that they've ever had like that in their life. So understand that God loves everybody. But his love has to be expressed through us, the body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Look here in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And see what that love does in verse 35. Here's the fruit of loving the unlovable. This was the fruit of someone loving you before you received Christ with God's love. By this, by loving one another like Jesus loved us, and he loved us by giving us his life. So that's how we're going to express our love to others. He says, by this, all men, uh, all men, and you understand, man or men in, in the Bible is primarily talking about the human race. Mankind would be a better way of saying it. All men will know that you are my disciples, and this is Jesus speaking, so he's saying that they'll know that you're following me, Jesus Christ, if you have love for, for another. Can you see how follow-up can be pretty, pretty valuable? Next, it will stabilize the candidate. Number two, it'll stabilize them. It'll, it'll help them to be uh, caused to held steady. Again, there's going to be a lot coming at them but on both sides of the ledger. A lot of new things in their new life in God. And then also, they're going to have a lot of flack uh, from the world, from their friends, from their fellow employees, from their family. The list goes on and on. So you can help stabilize that person. One, you can get them out of the emotional realm. Understand that anyone, everyone that is born again is carnal. Their flesh rules. Right? They're babies. A baby is flesh ruled. You know when that little guy is hungry. 
You know when he's cranky. You know when his diaper needs to be changed. Right? They're completely driven by natural circumstances. Well, so is the spiritual baby. And a lot of times they are depicting their relationship with God by how they feel. Feelings. And so you have to begin that transition that they're not they're not discerning their relationship with God through feelings, but they're discerning their relationship with God with the Word of God. Yeah. And that's the transition that you need to start getting them used to. That feelings will come and go, but the Word of God is established forever. Amen. Amen. And following up with the Word of God will help them to see what they have received, which is eternal. Look down here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. He says, Then we will no longer be little children. You see, God wants us to grow, doesn't He? He doesn't want us to remain in the, the babyhood stage or the childhood stage of spiritual growth. He wants to be us to become productive adults. Notice what he says about a child, it's tossed by the waves. It's blown around by every wind of teaching. That would be doctrines of men. That would be religions of man. By human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But when you speak the truth in love. Now Jesus told us what the truth is. He said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are truth. John 6, 63. So the truth is the word of God. So you've got to speak the word in love. We don't use the word of God as a ball bat. We, we, we teach the word of God with their best interest in mind. When we do that, it says that we will grow in every way unto him who is the head. And then it says, from him, the whole body, that's talking about the spiritual body of Christ, is fitly knit together by every supporting ligament, promoting the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love by the power and working of each individual part, by the proper working of each individual part. So your follow-up is getting is helping to put the trajectory of their life where they're going to start growing with the intent that they will become part of the body we need them as much as they need us does that make sense we need them as much as they need us and so you may be that link or I should say the relationship that brings them into the fold, and that's number three. Your follow-up will give the candidate the opportunity to be part of the body. Amen. And really, that's, that's God's goal. That's God's purpose. But it doesn't happen automatically. And so really, that's what we're doing. We're building 
the church? Or should I say the Lord is building the church through us? That's more accurate way of saying it. Hallelujah. But he has to have us reaching out to those to bring them aboard. Ephesians 2, 19. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you're a fellow citizen with the saints. You're a member of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone. Other translations say chief or single cornerstone. That the whole building being put together by him grows into a holy sanctuary in the Lord, you also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. And so really that's what we're, that's our goal for this individual. And so we're going to be one of those that's going to assist them and help them in that quest to become part of the active body of Christ at Birth and Family Church. We need them. Hallelujah. All right, let's, uh, let's get into this next subject. Let's talk about on page, is that page eight? Uh, ministering to the needs of the candidate. Now this is, I, I want you to embrace this next thought. I really do. Because it, it may seem, I don't know, far-reaching maybe. But more times than not, and I'm talking primarily about those that are receiving Jesus as their Savior, you won't find this as much with rededication or being filled with the Holy Spirit or healing for the body. But being born again, I, I mean truly, very first time response to Christ in a public setting. Many who respond to an altar call don't know why they raised their hand. And they don't know why they're in this little room now, back over here, with some of them, somebody shoving a bunch of paperwork to them. And we need to be sensitive to that, that they're at, they're, they're at a very um, vulnerable place. Because they don't know why their arm shot, shot up, and they don't know why they prayed that prayer, and they don't know why they came forward, and they, now they don't know why they're in this little room over here. And the reason is, is because they responded from their heart with the help of the Holy Spirit. And they had to ignore the argument with their mind to do that. And they had to get over all sorts of obstacles to the degree that their response to God was not, I don't want to say voluntary, and I don't want to say on purpose, but they, 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 they were responding because they knew they needed it, but they didn't know why they needed it, and, and now they're surprised that they did acknowledge that they needed it. So you'll get them back here in, in, the, in the prayer room, and they may begin to challenge you that they're already saved. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing back here. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And a lot of their religious ideas and beliefs that they have embraced may start coming out of them. And you've you got to be ready for that. And they may not be 100% on board with uh, everything that you're trying to do for them. Yeah. And so you need the help of the Holy Spirit to navigate through that. All right? So the method that Jesus used many times with somebody is to ask questions. Now, if you give them the answer, then you don't know if they knew that or they didn't know that. And so, no good teacher will give you the answer of a question in the question. Have you asked Jesus Christ into your heart? You're, that's a question, right? But you gave him the answer in the question. That's not being a good teacher. Because now you, you, you're not locating them. You, you're not getting them to tell you what they believe. So, because a lot of times they'll just agree with you. Have, you. have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Oh, yeah, you bet. Hello, who hasn't, right? <laughs> and so, it, if you want to know the answer to that question, you've got to ask them something that doesn't have the answer in it. And my go-to question is, if you die today, and, and your spirit is now standing in front of Jesus, you're now standing in front of Jesus, and Jesus asks you, what reason do you give me to allow you to come into heaven and spend eternity with me? Amen. Now they have to answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And nine out of ten times, all this religious blah, 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 blah comes out of them. And most of it will be based upon good works, good person, or simply believing, you know, in God. And then from there, your response has to be from Scripture. Come on. Amen. Right? To lead him down that trail. So you've got to locate the person by asking questions. And don't take anything for granted. Especially if someone comes in and they're well-dressed and well-groomed and, you know, they smell nice. And, you know, they, you know you're, now you're starting, to be, you're starting to judge them by their appearance. No, we judge people by their answers. Amen. Amen. Come on. That's how Jesus did it. Yep. And that's how he wants us to do it. Amen. So don't take anything for granted. And especially when they come up with how religious they are. I've been going to church for, I don't know, man, I don't even know how many years. I grew up in the church. Oh, my grandpa was this, and my dad was this, and, da, 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 and then all the resume comes out of the religious experience. That has nothing to do with salvation. Amen. Nothing. Amen. I got hosed down with water when I was a baby. I, you know, I did this. I did, hey, I went, I, got, I went through catechism. Didn't do very good, but I went through it. I, I was on the roll call of the church. 
I gave money once in the offering. I mean, you'll just hear the, this, this whole resume of why they think they're right with God. And so you got to smile a lot. Don't disagree with them. Don't go, are you crazy? You, can't. you know, you, you just take them down the Roman road. You just start, you know, ministering the word of God to them. And help them to, to see, you know, uh, make sure that the, the Bible is open. And if you can, use the Bible they brought with them. Because you might have a trick Bible. <laughs> I'll never forget that. We were ministering to a person years ago. And uh, they were a good Catholic. I'm not sure what, if you can put good in, well, never mind. Anyway, um, they were a practicing Catholic. And we showed them a verse of scripture in our Bible. And they go, well, I've never seen that before. What Bible do you got? Well, it's the King James. Well, I use such and such. I guess the Catholics have their own Bible. Well, it says, you know, I've never seen it, so it can't be in the Catholic Bible. And so somehow we, we found a Catholic Bible, and we showed them that same verse, and it said the exact same thing. And they go, hey. So don't, don't just rely on quoting scriptures to them. Remember, you're kind of in a school setting, so you have resources that you can use. It's not like you're out on the street. And help them, and, and don't give them 35 scriptures. If you can get it done with one, or maybe two, that's the way to go. Okay? We don't want to try and impress them with how much we know. That's not helping them. That's just me showing off. Right? So we've, we've got to just lead them down the road. We can't put too much food in their mouth or they're going to choke on it. And so you've you got to be led by the Spirit of God. I want you to understand this. Only the Word of God can meet their spiritual need. Not how much I know. It's the Word of God that meets them need, meets their need. And also, they're going to try and get you off about asking you these questions. What about the guys in, in Africa? And they've never heard the gospel preached. Surely, are, are they going to hell? And they'll start asking you stuff. Well, why did my, you know, my relative that was such a good person how come they died of cancer how, how come and they'll start getting you off and and you've got to learn how to keep the subject and the discussion going in the direction of them seeing that their salvation or whatever their need is met is based on the word of God and then believing on it and acting upon it all right? The Word of God is what changes um, a human being's heart. I can't change it by my, how much I know. It, the Word is the seed, right? In 2 Timothy 2.23, it says, Foolish and unlearned questions avoid. There, there's not going to be a good reason that you can answer a lifelong question they've had.
and it's just a way to get things sidetracked. It goes on to say that knowing that if I get into answering an unlearned question, it's just going to gender strife, discord. So just just stay with the script. Uh, minister the word. Don't discuss the word. Understand this, that they may have an opinion. You read a scripture and they say, well, yeah, but, you know, this is what I believe about that. You stick to this, to, yeah, but the word says this. Yeah. Amen. I mean, how many times in a classroom did you disagree with the teacher? Probably a lot. How many of you know that she didn't say, well, oh, yeah, well, let me think about that when you're, you're telling her that she's wrong. No, she stuck to the script. She, yes, she stuck did. to what she was teaching you. Amen. Right? And so we've got to do the same. We've got to control the ministry. Yes. Don't let them start controlling it. Amen. You're always going to run into, you know, Sister Sandpaper and, you know, <laughs> Joey Know-It-All. People are, remember, they're carnal, and their personalities come with them. And do your best to be gentle and patient and loving. And don't counsel the candidates outside your area of responsibility. You know, I've got this, you know, I've got this loved one that's got, you know, she's, She's got this and she's got that. I, you know, I, can we pray for her? Or what do I, what do, I do for her? And no, Well, uh, you know, I'm really sorry to hear about your relative, but how, how, let's just stick to this right now, okay? Amen. And we can get to that later, yeah. okay? Keep them on the script. Keep them on what's going to set them free and give them an assurance of their salvation. Uh, and if they... And if, and, Set them up with somebody that can help them. All right? Lead them to the head counselor or other counselor, uh, on for other counseling or doctrinal questions. And please don't be afraid to say, I don't know the answer to that oh, come question. On. Come on. Just, just say, you know, that's a really good question. And to be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that, or it would take me too long to answer that question. <laughs> you know, yeah, if they ask you, why are Wendy's hamburgers square? Stay away from trying to answer that question, because you don't know, all right? You just don't know. You have an idea why they're square, but you really don't know. So... So don't, don't be afraid to say, I don't know. It's not a reflection on you because you're like me. You don't know everything. I certainly don't. And uh, and if you feel led, you can tell them, you know, I don't know, but I'll find out for you. But really, you really need to stay in that area of what their need is for that moment. They're responding to a salvation. They're responding to a rededication. 
They're responding to having assurance in their salvation. They're responding, you know, for healing in their body. They're responding to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that's really what their need is. That's what the Holy Spirit drew them to have that need met. So we need to follow the Holy Spirit in doing that. So we just got to be careful that they're going to want to get things going all sorts of different directions. All right? And how about we just stop right there? With, with I don't know. <laughs> is that is that is that gonna? Be, that way I can go home and study that point, and so I can come back next Sunday and tell you what I know. Amen. But understand that this ministry that you're embarking on and 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 getting prepared for is so vitally needed especially, you know, for us, because we're anticipating a harvest. And so I'm real excited that, that we can start discipling people. See, we're not just a teaching center. I know that because of resources, that's, we've, been re, we've been restricted to, to and limited to be a teaching center. But that ain't going to cut it. We're to raise disciples. We're to get people equipped for the challenges of life, to get them to enjoy the goodness of God and walking in God's highest and best. And we're also equipping people to go out, to go out into the harvest. We, we want to be a sending and a supporting church to those that go out from here. And so that's really our intent. And that can only happen through discipleship. Amen. Amen. Jesus took three and a half years to disciple a core of 12 individuals. And he did great because we're still here today preaching the same message to the world. And but also he wasn't without challenges. Remember the mother of the two brothers? I want you to guarantee that my two boys are going to be seated at your right and your left hand side, you know. You better be promoting them. After all, they left everything and they're following you around. <clears throat> Jesus said, hey, sorry, I'm not the guy that decides that. <laughs> Take it up with someone else. Amen. And so uh, he didn't have 100% success because we're dealing with fallen human beings who are perfect by the grace of God. Amen. And so, but he had a pretty good batting average. Yeah, they're in him. <laughs> That's a great answer. I like that. Well, thank you guys for coming out. Hey, we appreciate you watching tonight. You know, you can send this out to other people if someone came to mind while you were watching. Just start getting the word out there. Amen? I can't help anybody, but you know, the word of God can. And so just get it out there to them, and uh, we'll let the Lord take it from there. All right. We love you. God bless. Bye.